Oh, I love to see our little kids. Good morning again. It's a good day, isn't it? Thank you, Phil, for leading, and thank you, folks, for singing. If, if, you, don't, if you want to know how good you sound, you need to sit in the first two rows. You can hear everybody singing behind you, and it sounds wonderful. Um, I, I'm going to start with a story. So last summer, my family and I decided to go on a little adventure. Now, Shelly and I, we love, we like taking vacations, but, you know, we, we don't plan a whole lot. We just want things to happen spontaneously. You know how that is. Some people don't like that, but we wanted an adventure. So we decided to go to Colorado in the summer. We'd never been to the mountains in the summer. I've only been to them in the winter, so we were really excited to do that. So I went to the store, and I got some hiking shoes. And uh, they weren't boots, because those don't look good on my feet, apparently. And so I got some hiking shoes, Merrill hiking shoes. They're, it's pretty good, right? Merrill's a pretty good brand, but they look kind of like tennis shoes. So they're, for, they're really supposed to be for light to moderate hiking. Okay, David, Tim, where are you? What is light to moderate hiking? Is that worth going at all? Don and Roy, okay. So it's kind of like between the living room and the kitchen, really. On a Sunday, okay, well, that's good. So, <laughs> well, I bought them because, you know, they look at my feet, they feel good, and we wanted to go and have some, you know, exciting adventure. So we went and, you know, we did. We, we wanted to disconnect a little bit. We wanted to have some time with the family. And so on the morning of day two, Liam comes in and his lips are all chapped and swollen, you know, like he's uh, somebody in Hollywood. I mean, it's, we're talking... But he was good with Burt's Bees and Benadryl, and he survived us yelling at him all day to keep from licking his lips, so that was good. Uh, on day three, Liv got strep throat. That was fun. And then on, well, maybe that was the end of day two. And then day three, Shelly got strep throat. And, and then, did it rain that day, or was it the next day? I think it rained the next, it rained the whole, the whole, the whole, day, yeah, the whole day she had strep throat. It rained the whole day. And... And so finally, by that fourth or fifth day, man, we were ready to go. And, and so we managed to, to have some fun. You know, we saw a moose, although it was from the gondola, and I swear it was a moose. Shelly saw it. I don't know if I saw it, but it was a moose. It was a moose, she says. Um, <laughs> the thing is, we weren't simply looking to escape. We weren't looking to just get away. We wanted an adventure together and we got it and we got some quality family time with uh, here's the a picture that was kind of fun that was I think at the end of the week but that was fun and, and we got a little bit of light to moderate hiking in there right so that was fun and but but I tell you what we experienced was a little bit more than what we had bargained for but the stories that we have from that are worth telling so today we continue this series on Sunday shoes. Now, if you weren't here last week, we talked about those shoes you wore, you wore when you were kids. You know, the, the one pair of Sunday shoes we had that we would go to church in, and we knew that those shoes we were wearing, we were going to be encountering God. So this whole month, we're talking about whatever you do, wherever you go, and whatever shoes you find yourself in, how do you plan to encounter the living God? So today we talk about encountering God in the midst of adventure. So I have hiking boots. You'll see those in a moment. 
Summer's coming, you know. And I know a lot of you have already planned your events for the summer. Vacations, whether it's to Disney or to the mountains or, or wherever it is. But adventure's waiting for you, isn't it? I know some of you just cannot wait to get out of town. What kind of adventure are you looking for exactly? I ask this because the question matters. What you're looking for matters. And I believe it matters because if we look for something hard enough, we just might find it. And we talk about encountering God today in the midst of adventure. Let's pray and ask that God will speak and that we can hear. Our Heavenly Father, we ask that you would open our minds today. Lord, wherever we are, whatever state we are in, Lord, help us to have a pause for a moment to where we can be fully present. Speak through me, Lord, a broken, flawed vessel. I pray that you would speak and that people could hear at whatever point we are in our life. Lord, let us hear something that will motivate us and inspire us to more in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, turn to Joshua chapter 14. This is where we're going to be today. Joshua chapter 14. Now, let me set up this story real quick. Um, early in the, uh, Israel, is, the Israelites' tour of the desert, I guess you could call it their tour of the desert, um, they decided to send out leaders from every tribe to go scout out the land that God had promised to them. We're talking about everybody that is mentioned in Joshua chapter 13 and 14. These are leaders of their tribe. They're not just um, you know, men who are quick. Or, these are leaders of their tribes. So um, ten, leaders, uh, 10 leaders returned and they said the land is great. It is incredible, but it's too dangerous. We can't do it. Let's go back to Egypt. That's really terrifying. And two of them said, yes, the land is awesome, it is wonderful, and if God is with us, we can take it. Ten fearful leaders, they won out. They were the more influential. Yeah, there was a little moment where they almost stoned Joshua and Caleb, but we won't get into that. Joshua and Caleb were emphatic that we should go, but the other ten won out. So God made, out of these two men, God made one of them the leader of Israel, And the other one, he gave him a promise. He said through Moses that the land that Caleb spied out, wherever he walked, wherever he hiked, wherever he climbed, the land everywhere he saw and put his foot on, that land would be his and his family's forever. That's a significant promise. Now you remember the story, it took the next 40 years for these people before they were allowed to go into the land. Then a few more years till they finish the battle. So let's look in Joshua 14, and we'll start in verse 6. Hey, Ronnie, if you could forward that slide for me. I'm going I'm to read it from, from here. Here it goes. Now the men of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. But my brothers who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt with fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. 
So on that day, Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever, because you have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since this time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the desert. So here I am today. 85 years old, I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I am just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me this hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard then that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord is helping me. I will drive them out just as he said. We don't have the other one. Whoops. This is what I love about this moment. How many of you, I'm just, you don't have to tell me if you're 85. How many of you 85-year-olds are as strong today as you were when you were 45? It's okay. It's okay. Brag. I'm good with that. I hope that when I'm 85 years old, I'm as strong as I am whenever I was 40. What I think is amazing about this man is that he probably wasn't as strong as he was when he was 40, but in his mind, he was so confident that God was with him that he could do anything. When's the last time you felt like that? So confident in God that there was nothing you couldn't do. By the way, the Anakites, it mentions the Anakites in verse 12. This was a race of giants. Legend has it that they were descended from the Nephilim. And you hear about those in Genesis. And, and they say that the gene for that, and this is a lot of reading, the gene for that giant DNA was passed through the wife of Ham at the flood, and it popped up at some point. And so we had this race of giants in this land of Hebron here. And so here... Giants in the land, 85-year-old Caleb is unafraid. And for 45 years, he could not forget the land that God had promised him. So a few things strike me here. This wasn't merely an escape for Caleb or something else to do. For Caleb, God was his adventure. For four decades, he hung on to this fact that God had made a promise to him that this land would be his and Caleb clung to that promise he had faith that God would fulfill it and that faith it shaped his wants it shaped his needs it shaped his prayers shaped his desires and I think very clearly you hear in scripture Caleb knew exactly what he wanted What I think is interesting is that he simply had to just wait for that moment that God would answer him. So each day was an unknown. Now I have a big imagination, so I wonder if Caleb woke up every day anticipating, is this the day? Is this it? One day closer. One day closer. I mean, imagine having to wait four decades for God to fulfill his promise. I have a hard time waiting for my phone to go to space and back. Two seconds. Whoa, this has taken forever. The three dots on my text. I have a hard time with that. Imagine waiting four decades. I know it's a hard time, long time to wait. But what I see in the story is that 
is that there's something a little bit different here. God saw a strong and an outspoken leader, and because of his faith, he didn't just offer him life. He offered him the adventure of a lifetime. And that's what I think we need to remember, that God is the adventure of a lifetime. This this whole experience shaped Caleb's life. It shaped his desires and his wants and his dreams, his visions. It gave him purpose. It gave him renewed meaning. It let him know that he was the beloved of God. And when, when, when he went to spy out that land so many years before, that land of giants, he could have been satisfied with seeing that land from a distance. He could have returned like the others with just a taste of what God had promised. And like the others, he could have become paralyzed with fear at the obstacles that were ahead. But he wasn't afraid. He had tasted what God had to offer. And it made him want more, not less. And what we read this morning from Psalm 34, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. And what I think is interesting is that Caleb, he knew his adventure, whatever was to come. This promise was going to require his faith, his trust, and his life. He knew it wasn't just going to be handed to him. He knew that he was going to walk alongside God to see this fulfilled. You know, he he knew that it would require his faith and his trust and, and, and his life. And he encountered God in that land. Not because he found him there, but because he journeyed there alongside him. Remember last week when we talked about those two from Emmaus? They left Jerusalem after Jesus had been crucified. But remember, they didn't leave Jerusalem behind. They actually took Jerusalem with them. They took the things of God with them as they walked along the road. And who showed up? Jesus showed up. God journeyed there with Caleb right alongside him as he spied out that land. Because he took his faith and he took the promises of God with him. For the others, it just seemed to be merely a trip. A way to see something new. A vacation maybe that was pretty terrifying for them. But for Caleb, it was the moment that God allowed him to see his future, his inheritance. So imagine as Caleb returns and Moses tells him, remember that land you saw? God's going to give it to you. How did that shape his future? It was real. It became what he wanted. I wonder how often he reminded God of his promise to him in his prayer. How often did he ask God about it? Today I want to remind us of something. God has made a promise to us as well. In John 10, he tells us, That he has come to offer life, life abundantly. In John 14, he reminds us that he is preparing a place for us in his Father's house. In John 3, he's telling us that he is not only giving us life, he's giving us eternal life forever. We have tasted that the Lord is good. We have seen bits and pieces of His promises. We know our inheritance as well. We know what's coming. Has that shaped our prayers, our dreams, our passion, our desires? I often look at the moment that 
that Caleb entered that land at age 85. You know he must have been inspirational to those people that were around him. Grandpa's got a sword. You can imagine this guy. He's out in the front. How inspiring must that faith have been? That was when his adventure was really just beginning. I wonder, is that it? But then I'm thinking, no, maybe, maybe it began much earlier than that. As he was living out his everyday life along people who were too involved in their own, in their own baggage. People who were all fearful people who were too self-centered to see the beauty of what God had promised his kids. I wonder if every day that Caleb chose to walk alongside God wasn't the adventure of his life. Because I think those moments, when you're waiting, those are the moments that shape our coming. They shape our going. They shape the way we realize what we want more than anything else. And hopefully, It will be like Caleb. I think that Caleb realized that what he wanted most was adventure with God. So my encouragement to you today, keep God close to you. Wherever you go, whatever adventure you are about to to set sail on. I know some people are going on a cruise tomorrow. Whatever adventure you, you find yourself in this summer, Don't only just take God with you, but look for Him in the midst of those moments when you're trying to rest and relax, when you're trying to to get together with family, when you're trying to connect. Don't look for an escape, but look for a way to taste and see God. Whether it's in the midst of your family, whether it's in the midst of your everyday life, whether it's in the midst of light to moderate hiking. Look for God. This is a universal truth. It's in Matthew chapter 7. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. Everyone who knocks the door will be opened. This is a truth we can believe. Because there are a lot of things in the world and I guarantee you if you look hard enough for anything, you will find it. Not all those things are good. But I guarantee you, if you look for Jesus, if you look for God in the midst of your every day and in the midst of your adventure, you will find Him. For Caleb, God and His promises were His ultimate desire. So my question for you is, what do you want? What is it that you really want? Caleb, ask God. Remember the promise? I'm ready to collect. It's pretty bold, isn't it? What are you going to ask for? Because if you ask, you will receive. If you seek, you will find. If you knock, the door will be open. And with each encounter, with each request, it will clarify your way forward. You'll find meaning, deeper purpose, and you will find an adventure that will shape your life. So how will you respond? Let's sing, Phil.